Hey there, Punky peeps! Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. How's everyone doing tonight, this Sunday evening? I hope everyone's doing well. Today, I am going to be covering the episode, Season 3, Episode 6, Open Door, Broken Heart, Part 1. Part 2 is going to come next week. And in this episode, Brandon runs away after Cherry leaves the door open, which really doesn't sound like Brandon. I mean, they kind of humanize him a bit, but then at the end of the day, you do realize that, yes, Brandon is a dog. He will do dog things, and he will make dog mistakes. But before we get into this episode, I got a couple books that I read last week that I just absolutely adored. They're both middle grade books and I would love to tell you about them. And I will also post them on Instagram and the Facebook Punky Power podcast page as well. That way if you guys like what you hear and you want to read them yourselves, I'll give you the information. Actually, I have four books to quickly talk about. Three are middle grade and one is YA, which stands for young adult. The first book is a middle grade book. It is called When Friendship Followed Me Home by Paul Griffin. And this came, book came out back in the summer of 2016. A boy's chance encounter with a scruffy dog leads to an unforgettable friendship in this deeply moving story about life, loss, and the meaning of family. Ben Coffin has never felt like he fits in. A former foster kid, he keeps his head down at school to avoid bullies and spends his afternoons reading sci-fi books at the library. But that all changes when he finds a scruffy, abandoned dog named Flip and befriends the librarian's daughter, Haley. For the first time, Ben starts to feel like he belongs in his own life. Then everything changes, and suddenly Ben is more alone than ever. But with a little help from Haley's magician father, Ben discovers his own place in the world and learns to see his own magic through others' eyes. Equal parts heartbreaking and heartwarming, this book is a must-read for dog lovers and fans of emotionally resonant middle-grade novels, like one for the Murphys and OK For Now, which I have OK For Now. I haven't read it yet, but I've not heard of the book One for the Murphys. But I will tell you, I rated this book five stars. I had no problem with this rating for this book. It Basically, I mean, I love characters that love to read books. I mean, what person who loves to read books wouldn't want to read about someone who loves to read books? This is a sweet book. It the characters are amazing. They tug on your heartstrings, guys. You if you cried in See You at Harry's if you read that book, you will most definitely cry in this When Friendship Followed Me Home. Now the next book I have to tell you about isn't so much a sad book, but it's a real good um <laughs> it's a real good book that I gave five stars, which the book is called Ban This Book by Alan Gratz. And this book is about standing up for what you believe in when other people are quick to disagree with you. 
Readers, librarians, and all those books that have drawn a challenge have a brand new hero. Stand up and cheer, book lovers. This one's for you. Uh, hold on, guys. An inspiring tale of a fourth grader who fights back when her favorite book is banned from the school library by starting her own illegal locker library. It all started the day Amy Ann Ollinger tried to check out her favorite book in the whole world. And this is a well-known book that a lot of people, the, you know, kids that grew up in the 80s and 90s and maybe even today would be familiar with. It's called From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil or Basil E. Frankweiler. Now, I have heard of this book, but I've never read it. And I think after reading Ban This Book, I think I will check that book out along with other books that uh, the person in this book had banned. This book was banned from the school library. That's what Mrs. Jones, the librarian, told Amy Ann the bad news. Her favorite book was banned. That's why it wasn't there. All because a classmate's mom thought the book was inappropriate for kids to read. Amy Ann decides to fight back by starting the secret banned books library out of her locker. Soon she finds herself on the front line of an unexpected battle over book banning, censorship, and who has the right to decide what she and her fellow classmates can or fellow students can read. Reminiscent of the classic novel Frindle by Andrew Clements. I haven't read that book now. See, I want to check that one out. For its inspiring message, ban this book as a love letter to the written word and its power to give kids a voice. Ban this book is absolutely brilliant and belongs on the shelves of every library in the multiverse. This is another um, author saying that. Guy, this was such an amazing book. And I love how this... One girl, Amy Ann, becomes a hero for everyone, or all the other kids. It's like, my book was banned. And she's like, she's talking to her best friend about this book that her dad was lucky enough to get her her own copy of. And then Danny, who was sitting behind um, Amy Ann and her friend Rebecca on the bus, said, Oh, I wouldn't mind reading that book after Amy Ann had given it to Rebecca to read and everything like that and then they find the list of the banned books that um the boy Trey his mother had banned so Amy Ann and Danny and Rebecca all try to like whether they buy their get money to buy their own copies or borrow them from like some of their friends older siblings that have read these banned books and that way they pass them along through the other kids and stuff it's, guys, I don't want to spoil it. It is such an amazing book. I had so much. This was an audiobook that I listened to on Audible. If you guys are a member of Audible, I think the book was only like... It was only like nine bucks. And it's the book's five hours long. It took me like a whole shift to listen to. And I loved every minute of it. I was telling Ricky, my coworker, I'm like, this book is so good. Oh my gosh, this book. But enough about banning this book. If you guys love it, like I said, I'm going to put the pictures of the books and everything so you guys can see what they look like. That way, if you guys want to read them, you more, go for it. This other book is that I have next is a middle grade. It's called Dash. This was also an audio book for like 9 or $10 on Audible. 
And Dash is by Kirby Larson. It's part of the Dogs of World War II series. Or it's more of a trilogy. And this book, Dash, was a really, really cute book. I didn't even know until listening to the author's note after the audiobook was over the research that she had done about this person. Alright. This is all... All the stuff I'm telling you is straight from Goodreads. So, new from Newbery Honor Award... Or... Honor author, Kirby Larson, the moving story of a Japanese-American girl who is separated from her dog upon being sent to an incarceration camp during World War II. Although Mitzi Kashino... And her family are swept up in the wave of anti-Japanese sentiment. Following the attack on Pearl Harbor, Mitzi never expects to lose her home or her beloved dog, Dash. But as World War II rages and people of Japanese descent are forced into incarceration camps, Mitzi is separated from Dash, her classmates, and life as she knows it. The camp is a crowded an unfamiliar place whose dusty floors, seemingly endless lines, and barbed wire fences begin to unravel the strong Kashimo family ties. Kashino. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm probably butchering this last name. With the help of a friendly neighbor back home, Mitzi remains connected to Dash in spite of the hard times, holding on to the hope that the war will soon end and the life will return to normal. Though they've lost their home, Will the Kashino family also lose their sense of family? And will Mitzi and Dash ever be reunited? Guys, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. You just got to read this book for yourself. This was a really sweet read. It was also... I think this book was like six hours long. So, not very long. And the last book I have to tell you about in honor of Black History Month this month. This book is called The Boy in the Black Suit by Jason Reynolds. And this book actually came out in 2015. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see. Ban This Book came out in 2017, uh, last year in August. So that's relatively new. Let's see. Dash came out at the end of August in 2014. So these books are relatively, you should be able to find them. So Boy in the Black Suit by Jason Reynolds, which I just recently finished, like, a couple days ago. Really, really good book. I really enjoyed it. I loved the book Dash as well. So, The Boy in the Black Suit. Just when 17-year-old Matt thinks he can't handle one more piece of terrible news, he meets a girl who's dealt with a lot more and who just might be able to clue him in on how to rise up when life keeps knocking him down. And this wry, gritty novel from the author of When I Was the Greatest, I haven't read that one yet, Matt wears a black suit every day. No, not because his mom died, although she did, and it sucks, but he wears the suit for his gig at the local funeral home, which pays way better than the cluck bucket, which is like a knockoff KFC. And he needs the income since his dad can't handle the bills or anything really on his own. So while dad's snagging bottles of whiskey, Matt's snagging 15 bucks an hour. Not bad, but everything else, not good. Then Matt meets Lovey. She's got a crazy name and she's been through more crazy than he can imagine. Yet Lovey never cries. She's tough, really tough. Tough in the way Matt wishes he could be. 
which is maybe why he's drawn to her and definitely why he can't seem to shake her because there's nothing more hopeful than finding a person who understands your loneliness and who can maybe even take it away. Guys, this was a great, great book. I gave this actually four out of five stars. It was really, I loved the character of Matt. I loved how he was sensitive and, and smart and funny. And it's just, he had a real, real sweet guy. And the one thing that his mother, she passed away from cancer, she taught Matt how to cook. And boy, can there's even a recipe in this book for these really amazing chocolate chip cookies that his mother, like, left him a book of recipes that just stuff from scratch that she had made. Now, I have the recipe. I have not made the cookies yet. But the recipe looks really good. It's like regular chocolate chip cookies, but it's got a few added things, one of them being brown sugar. So when I get around to making these cookies, I will actually take a picture of them and post it on Instagram. So uh, like I said, I'll put all these books on Instagram so that way you guys can see. If you guys want to check them out, awesome. Go for it. If you guys want to hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, if you want to drop me an email, punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com and we can talk about these books if you read them. So enough of the books. Um, other than that, my week went really well. Um, Friday I had to work by myself because uh, another machine was short-handed so they had to, you know, they had to take Ricky and use him over there. So um, I got a haircut yesterday and that was kind of nice. It's been about seven weeks. My bangs were driving me nuts. Even the person who cut my hair is like, wow, your bangs are really long. And I'm like, yeah, I pretty much keep my hair under my hat for like eight hours a day, five days a week. So yeah, but still it was getting too long. I kept having to like push it back under the hat and everything. I was like, all right. So how about without further ado, guys, let's get into this sad episode. Oh... Punky and Brandon separated. I don't like this. Maybe the world is blind Or just a little So we open up the episode in the kitchen. It looks like Punky's got newspapers kind of strewn on the floor. Brandon's in the middle of them. He's got a little um, shower cap on. And she's just kind of blow drying, you know, after she's given him a bath and everything. And yes, it is customary to take a dog's collar off and everything if you're going to bathe them. Because you don't want that collar to get all icky and gross. And Margot is actually helping out. What the heck did Punky have to pay her to do that? Because I'm sure she's not doing it for free. And the way Margot is swiping lightly at Brandon and then backing, she'll like swipe with the brush or this long handled brush. Swipe, step back. Swipe, step back. It's like he's not going to bite you. I don't understand you. Not like dogs. He's not going to bite you, sweetie. Or she's just like not like, oh, he's so dirty. Even though he's clean, he's a dog. That's, I, I, that would be my guess to Mason, not, not Margot here. Just Margot's look if she's doing this, like, she's utterly, like, grossed out by him. Like, I take it she's never had a pet in her life. 
Guys, I want to play this opening. It is so funny. Apparently that shower cap that Punky's like, oh, hey, Margo, you want this back? And Margo's like, uh, no, you can burn that, definitely. I don't want to touch it. So I'm going to play this clip. It's just funny. And, and this kind of goes into, I guess, uh, Punky had used Margo's cream rinse or whatever for Brandon. And she used the whole bottle. And it's like, oh, my God. Gosh, Punky used all of it. Well, he's got a lot of fur. Unlike the hair on your head, Brandon's got, he's covered in fur head to toe. So I'm going to play this clip and I'll be right back. Here, Margo, want your shark head back? <laughs> Feel free to burn it. <laughs> no, I already boiled it before I let Brandon use it. I would have never lent you my imported almond cream rinse if I knew you were going to use it on a lower life form. <laughs> Sorry, Margo, I didn't see the warning label. For snobs only. <laughs> he used it all! This rinse costs $30 a bottle. That's half of my weekly allowance. <laughs> Come on, boy. Margo! You get $60 a week? Yeah. I'll be happy if I get $60 in my lifetime. <laughs> Hold still, Brandon, while I give you a shot of this deodorant. <laughs> Shane, here you are. There, near you, an aqua velva dog. <laughs> I love Punky's comeback here after Margo said, oh, feel free to burn it. And Punky's like, oh, um, you know, I already boiled it before I let Brandon use it. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, don't insult my dog, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so apparently Margo gets this almond, it's imported, imported almond cream rinse. I never would have lent you that if I knew you were going to use it on your dog. And then Punky's like, sorry, Margo, I didn't realize it was for snobs only. <laughs> like, oh, I love, it's like Punky does not take Margo's crap at all. Like, girl, you ditch it out, but I'm going to give it to you tenfold. And apparently that bottle costs 30 freaking dollars, which Margo says it's half of her weekly allowance. Holy moo! I mean, I got a small allowance from my dad. I probably got like $5 a week or something like that. And as uh, Punky and Margo are kind of walking into the living room from the kitchen, she's like, Whoa, Margo, you get 60 bucks a week? And she's like, and Margo's like, yeah, why? It's like, <laughs> Punky's like, I'll be lucky if I, if I see $60 in, if Henry gives me $60 in my lifetime. Like, yeah, say. But then again, I mean, Margo's parents have the money to just lavish on their kid. I mean, look how Margo's dressed. I mean, she's using stuff that's imported from wherever the hell that came from. I love that. I didn't see the warning label for snobs only. And Margo just grabs it out of her hand like, how dare you? I mean, seriously, $30 a bottle? And that looks about the size of like a... What is it, 14? Like, one of those Bath and Body Works type lotions, like, that's probably like 12 to 14 ounces. Like, that isn't much. 
Yeah, I bet that Brandon's got to smell really, really nice. Of course, Punky's got to throw in the, oh, let's spray a little de- deodorant under your pits here and make you smell even better. And, oh, let's uh, fluff up your uh, on your neck fold here with this aqua velvet or whatever the heck she puts on. Like, yeah, you got to smell manly after you have been uh, washed in that uh, almond cream rinse. Like, come on. Well, at least nowadays, they probably, um, that stuff could probably cause a skin irritation to your dog. Some of that stuff probably isn't, uh, isn't good to use on dogs. I mean, when I had my dog Delilah, I think I washed her in palm olive dish soap. I didn't have, we didn't have a pet store where I grew up. We had the grocery store. I'm sure they probably had... Lots of dog shampoo. Well, not nearly like what they got now, like Burt's Bees stuff and everything like that, but no. Even my aunt was, um, when I went over there not too long ago, like a month ago, and she said that she was using some type of either body wash or something on the dog, and she's like, you're not supposed to wash your dogs that often because that dog of theirs is, uh, like, really scratching at itself. It's just she doesn't like the dog smell, so she's constantly washing him, but now he's got, like, red, you know, patches or red spots or whatever on his skin because of the irritatedness due to all the, from the soap is probably making a itch and all that stuff. But luckily, Punky doesn't have that issue with Brandon. I don't know how often she, I doubt, I'm she, she probably, like, washes him, like, once a month or every other weekend or something. I don't I don't know what the limit is and how often. Oh, that's what okay, she says I'll be she, and she's talking to Brandon while she says this. I'll be lucky if I see sixty dollars in my lifetime. Like yeah, I'm sure if Henry gave her an allowance it would probably be like five dollars a week. Like something that I got. But I had to like clean the house and stuff like that. Yeah, she's spraying that deodorant right into his pit fur. I was like, I'm sure he doesn't really need that. It's probably going to cross a really nasty rash. Yeah, she said the aqua velva whatever and like rubbed it in her hands, got underneath his, his, uh, his neck there, and then of course rubbed it on the top of his head. So luckily it's not anywhere that he's going to be able to lick that, off, lick that off and get sick. So all of a sudden... Door flies open. Sharon's like, oh my gosh, you guys are not going to believe this. This new guy in school freaking talked to me, okay? And 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 Margo's like, oh my gosh, he's such a babe. Whoever the heck this guy is, Liam something or other. And Punky's all like, yeah, 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 he's cool. He's okay. I mean, if you like ears the size of Frisbees. So while the girls are discussing, like... Well, how did you sound? Margo's all like, okay, how did you stand? How did you sound? What did you say? Tell me everything. How were you standing? Were you standing against your locker? Were you leaning against it? Were you you having your hand on his shoulder? What? Tell me it all. It's like, Cherry's like, um, well, she's like, Margo's like, are you doing, were you doing a Tina Turner thing? Were you doing Madonna? And Cherry's like, well, I was just doing Cherry Johnson. What in the heck? <laughs> and Margo's like, okay, I guess, whatever works. 
And I guess he asked for her history notes. Like, okay. Isn't that typical? Guys usually ask the girls for history notes. How often do girls go around and say, hey, can I have your notes? Because I'm sure girls probably take better notes than guys. I mean, I'm not trying to be sexist here. I'm just saying. And back in the 80s. But I'm going to play this clip and I will be right back. Because you guys are going to hear to hear this. This is preteen girl gab. Crushing on the boys. Talking about boys. Drooling over boys. How you look. How you dress. How you stand. How you speak. All of that. So I'll let them explain it better than me. Guess what? I can't believe this. You know Lee Stucker, the new boy at school? Oh, he's such a babe! He's okay if you're into ears the size of frisbees. <laughs> Get this! He asked me for my history notes! No! Yes! No! Yes! <laughs> I can't believe this. I'm in that class too! No! Yes! <laughs> Why didn't he ask me for the notes? What could I be doing wrong? Want a list? <laughs> what do you mean, a list? Other things you're doing wrong? Oh, never mind. Cherry, pop, give me the whole Stucker story. Every detail. Leave out nothing. Okay, I'm standing by my locker. How? How what? I'm talking body language. Were you standing like Madonna? <laughs> or was it more like Gina Turner? It was more like Cherry Johnson. Boy, that took guts. Margo, you know what would make us real happy? No, what? To see your face on a milk garden. <laughs> Peasants. Okay, so I reminded a couple times because Cherry was talking kind of fast. I believe she said the boy's name is Lee Stockard. I'm just going to go with Lee Stockard, so. So Cherry's like, he asked me for my history notes. And then, of course, Margo's like, oh my gosh, I'm in that class too. And then she's like, well, why didn't he ask me? And I'm thinking, um, well, I could think of a, a number of reasons. In fact, in Kudos to Punk. He's like, what would you like? A list? When Margo's like, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, well, I can think of a, a lot of things. <laughs> Maybe the boy just doesn't like snobs. I mean, that would be my guess. I mean, Cherry's got the cool vibe. She's awesome. She's funny. She's friendly. She's got it going on. Margo looks like someone who would make you do a background check before you could even be her friend. Punky and Cherry get a you know, grandfathered in because they've been with her since season one. So, and they put up with a lot of her crap. So, yeah. So while the girls are all discussing this, Brandon decides, well, the door's open. I'm going to take a powder and go where, go wherever, I guess. I mean, he just wanders and no one, everyone's all up in the discussion about this boy or what Margo's doing wrong. Brandon even turns around just before entering the doorway and looks like, oh, these girls are not paying attention. What will they do if I just slip out this door? And they do nothing. They just continue talking. So, Margo in Margo fashion pulls Punky out of the way so she can get to Cherry in her face, 
Tell me everything. How are you standing? Tina Turner, Madonna, and Cherry's like Cherry Johnson. And Margo's like, whatever works for you, I guess. And then I love Punky's response. Like, hey, Margo, you want to know what would be great? And Margo's like, really? What? What? And Punky's like, uh, to see your face on a milk carton? Oh, I love that. That could be, like, a callback to season two, but it's not because they make no reference of Jenny Julie. Jenny slash Julie. Julie slash Jenny. Jennifer. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, she's, Marvel is like an inch from Cherry's face. Like, tell me every detail. Everything. It's like, Margot, really? It's a guy. If you're that into the guy, go talk to him yourself then. And that way you can know once and for all if he's either into you or he's into Cherry. Yeah, I mean, she's just hanging out by her dang locker. She ain't posing like Madonna. She ain't putting on a stance like Tina Turner. She's just being herself and it worked. Apparently being yourself doesn't work for you, Margo. Maybe you should try being someone else. Be more cherry. Be more punky. People might like you better. Oh, Margo is all still about the peasants. Like, girl, you didn't drop this? Come on. The peasants thing is so season one and two. You were a preteen here, girl. Think of something else. It's gotten old. So, Punky pretty much is like, She's got Brandon's collar in her hand. It's jingling with the tags. And I love how it's got a couple bandanas tied around it. Like kind of purplish pink and like teal. Really, I like them a lot. And it's like she's just now noticing that he's not in the room with them. She probably thinks maybe he went to the bedroom, the bathroom, Henry's room, somewhere. The kitchen maybe. And then that's when she noticed the door is just hanging open. For anybody to come in, or anybody or four-legged animal to walk out. So that's when the girls go into search mode. Cherry's checking the bathroom and hallway. Margo's checking the kitchen. Punky's looking outside the door into the hallway there. And she turns around, and she very quietly just asks, like, who left the door open? It's almost like... She's trying to be polite without right, outright accusing anybody. And of course, Cherry's like, oh, uh, that might have been me. That's the thing I like about Cherry and Pumpa. You see Punky do it a lot, but it's interesting to see Cherry also doing the layered look. Oh, I love this look here. I haven't paused. And we got Margot just glaring daggers at Cherry. So Punky just, after Cherry's like, oh, it might have been me. Punky doesn't accuse her. She doesn't yell at her. She doesn't say, why did you do that? She's like, all right, guys, come on. Let's just go. Let's go look. And Margo, of course, is like, Punky, it's okay. He's done this before. He'll come back. Really? When? Margo, tell me when. When When has Brandon ran off? Really? I want a date. I want a time. I want a date. You can't give me one? Well, it hasn't happened before. This is a first. She just doesn't want to look. But I'm going to play this clip and I will be right back. Brandon, time to find your collar. Brandon? Where is he? Oh, uh, I guess it could have been me. 
<laughs> Come on, guys. Let's go find him. Relax, Punky. Brandon's gotten out before. He'll come back. Give the poor dog a little privacy. I don't like him out there without his tags. If he tries to call me, he won't have the number. <laughs> He's been living here for a year. Should have memorized the number. Oh, here's Margot. Punky, give the dog a little privacy. Privacy, my... What do dogs need privacy? You know, he has privacy when she's in school and Henry's work. That's his privacy. That's his me time, okay? She just doesn't want to go look for him. <laughs> what kind of friend is that? Seriously? But Punky brings up a good point. It's like, I don't want him to be out there without his, wear, wearing his tags. Of course, her reason is if he gets lost or something, he won't be able to call home. Well, more than likely, I mean, they didn't have microchipping at this time. So, they, Brandon's going to, I mean, if you look at Brandon, even without his collar on, he looks like a well-kept dog. Like, someone is taking care of him. He's well-fed. He's not skinny. All of that. So, Punky and Cherry head out, and Margot, of course, has to say, well, he's been living here for a year. He should have memorized the number by now. It's like, has he, though? Has it really been a year? This is season three. But I'm thinking in terms of from 84 when the show came on to now we're in 1987. So. But maybe in their time, in a way, it's been, like, maybe Punky was eight but close to turning nine, and here she's ten. So maybe it could have been a year. I don't know. But then again, that brings up the whole point. She had Mrs. Martin in third grade. Then she was in fourth grade. Now she's in fifth grade. So, uh, Margot's math doesn't add up. See, this is why that boy doesn't want to ask you for any notes for school. Because you clearly don't know simple math. So now we get back to the apartment, and it looks like they were able to track down Henry at Excuse me. And Betty. And now it's dark outside, so they've probably been looking for a while. So, it looks like, you know, Henry's like, Punky, we've looked every place he could possibly be. Alleys. And wherever Mrs. Johnson said that they looked. Uh, Margo said dumps. So, Allie's parking lot dumps. Why would he be at a dump? Why would he be in a parking lot? Allie, maybe. Parking lot, why? Dump, I maybe, I don't know. But what dumps are they going to be around? I mean, how far outside of the city? Because they're in the city, I don't think. Or I think. They're not in some out of the way outside of Chicago. I mean, they're not in downtown Chicago, but they're somewhere near, like, maybe in a suburb of Chicago. Punky does not want to give up. She's like, come on, guys. There's got to be some place we haven't checked yet. And they said she's probably had them out there for the last three or four hours, just pounding the pavement, looking wherever, trying to, you know, they didn't have Facebook for you, where you could post for lost and found pets and stuff like that. I mean, did they try calling around um, friends, people who may know Brandon? I mean, obviously the only way to get out that door is if someone had held the door open to go outside the building. But someone in the building, they, everyone in that building's got to know Brandon. I mean, they know Henry and Punky. They've got to. But I'm going to play this clip and I'll be right back. Guys, we can't quit now. 
Monty. We've looked every place Brandon could possibly be. Alleys. Parking lots. Dumps. You must have been someplace we ever looked. Hunky, we've looked everywhere. And I've got the holes in my Ferragamos to prove it. <laughs> did anybody check Clarence Street? I did. Several times. And I got the holes in my hush puppies to prove it. Ixnay on the Uppy Pay. Sorry, but my dogs are killing me. I can't believe this. Brandon's lost, and it's all my fault. He's not lost. We just, um, can't find him right now. Excuse me, but if he's not lost, why have we been searching this lower middle-class neighborhood for the last five and one half miserable hours? <laughs> there could have been lots of reasons we haven't found him yet. Such as? Well, maybe he had a date. Come on, Henry, let's go check the driving. Thank you. You're playing Lady in the Tramp. We're, We're tired. I know, but everyone's had a chance to rest. Come on, everybody, let's go. Break's over. Please. Punky, we'd love to look some more. But it's very, very late. We have to get some sleep. We have to look for Brandon. Uh, honey, I'll be back in the morning with bright eyes and roller skates. <laughs> Come on, Marco, I'll take you home. Punky, I'll help you look tomorrow, too. But I'll be doing it from the back seat of our town car. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Thanks, Betty. We'll find him. Yeah. So Cherry, of course, asks, hey, did anyone check Clarence Street and... Betty's like, yeah, I did several times. <laughs> I got the holes in my hush puppies just to prove it. And then Henry's like, Erxner and the Oprah, whatever, something in Latin. Of course, Betty's like, my dogs, meaning her feet, are barking because they're sore. So this is where Cherry stands up and she's really upset. She's like, Brandon's lost and it's all my fault. It's like, sweetie. Sweetie, sweetie, you made a mistake, okay? People make mistakes. You had the door open. How many times before has that, do that door been open all the time? And Brandon's probably come and gone from it. I mean, do not blame yourself. This is going to get hard on Cherry because she, she feels guilty. It's like I was just being overly excited and because of my mistake, now your dog is missing. So Punky, of course, refuses to believe that Brandon's lost. He's like, she's like, he's not lost. He's just, we, we can't find him right now. And Margo, of course, has to chime in with, like, uh, excuse me, if he's not lost, why have we been look, walking around this lower middle class, low class, low income city for the last five and a quarter hours? So they've been walking for five hours, and they probably get out of school at what, like three or something? So that's eight o'clock. And then he probably had to go flag down Henry and Betty from somewhere. 
So Punky, Punky concludes, hey, maybe he had a date. Let's go check the drive-in. You know, they're playing Lady and the Tramp. And it's and she's pulling on Henry's arm. Like, come on, come on. You, We've rested long enough. Break's over. Let's go, let's go. And he, he just kind of pulls his arm back like, Punky, please, we're, we're tired, okay? Well, look in the morning. And everyone's beat. I mean, five hours is a long time to walk. I mean, I did a lot of walking when we were in D.C. over the summer. And let me tell you, walking from like 9 a.m. until like 3 or 4, just walking. Oh my god. You feel like your feet are going to fall off like you can't. And this, is, this was back in July. This is like 90 some degree heat. Ugh. But hey, real quick, I have a fun story about a lost horse. The horse did get found, by the way. Um, I was nine, ten, nine, ten, or Nicole was still, my sister was still living at home at the time. She got, this is before she got her driver's license, too. She had a horse. The horse's name was Breezy. I think it was a boy. Might have been a girl. I can't remember. Anyway, it might have been a girl. Um, the horse, I guess, might have been old. Kind of old. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Um, Nicole had brought the horse, like, to this, you know, we have a, ma- a ma- makeshift stable set up for it. And she was leading it. She didn't, She. I think we had just given it, like, a bath or something. And we were leading it back to its corral, to the barn area. And she didn't have the lead on it. Or, I mean, she, did, she didn't have the lead, but she had the harness thing on its neck, or on its face. And she went to go snap the lead on. Horse, eyes bug out, boom, bolts. Out of the driveway, down the road, maybe across the field. So, of course, <laughs> we have to go up to the farm. And we're like, hey, the horse got out. I remember my uncle had to try to flag it down with a four-wheeler. And there's another time that the horse got out. And I, my sister was able to flag down our neighbors so we could go that way and look for it. And it just, I don't know. Eventually, I think Nicole sold the horse. She wanted to use the money to get a car. And, um, (laughs) I just remember that, like, my cousins and I, the first time on the back of the truck, we were all, like, calling the horse, and just my uncle having to try to chase it down with a four-wheeler or something like that. I just, I just remember that. It's like, oh my gosh. But other than that, I don't remember there being a time where we had an animal that we, sorry guys, I'm yawning, um, that we had to look for. Other than the horse. I mean, I did have a dog that actually did run away. We never found him. His name was Rox. It was from the... I named him after the Look Who's Talking movie. Um, the dog was looked mostly German Shepherd, but had Lab in him. And um, we kept him outside. And my dad was trying to... Hey, London. Hold on. Sorry, guys. And my rabbit just decided to come into the room and join me here. Um, but anyway, my dad was trying to get the dog on the chain. And the dog was just, you know, really wild and everything. The dog wasn't even a year old. It might have been maybe even under six months. And my dad had to go 
to the other farm where a lot of the crops were and the dog just took off because my dad couldn't catch him and then I got home and my dad's like oh your dog ran away and this was during the summertime this all took place during the summer so it was sad we never found him we might have looked but that was that so Henry after she's done pulling on his arm Henry's like punky we're tired and Punk, Punky's like, come on, guys, we've had a chance to rest. Punky, they've sat down for less than five minutes, okay? And if they've been walking for five hours, they're not going to want to go anywhere. Their butts are pretty much planted. Of course, Betty says, hey, Margo, I'll take you home. Henry's like, we're going to start out in the morning, okay? We need to get rest. We need to get some sleep. Betty says, you know, she and Cherry will be able to go and uh, get things taken care of, you know, help you out. Margo says, don't worry, I'll help you look, but I'm going to do it from the back of my town car. So in the next scene, Punky's lying in bed. She's got her, her froggy phone there. She's got the phone book out. Kids today don't know what a phone book is because they don't really make them anymore. Since you could pretty much find any number you need on the internet. And she's got a yellow highlighter, so she's been going pretty much from A into, I'm not sure what letter she's at, but she's going straight up calling every single person. Like, no, they haven't seen your dog, sweetie. And it's probably like 9, 10 o'clock at night. Okay, she's in the A, it's because she calls Mr. Abbott. And she's, basically people have hung up on her and stuff like that, and she's like, my dog is lost! Uh, have you seen my dog? His name is Brandon. He's a golden retriever. Like, she's really trying to be fast about it. So that way she can get her information right before the person on the other end hangs up on her. Okay, she says, I'm looking for my dog, Brandon. Have you seen him? Well, first of all, most likely not. Second of all, you have no description of what the dog, what breed the dog is, what it looks like, any of that stuff. And people right now are probably trying to get some sleep. So, yeah. So I'm going to play this clip and I'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mr. Abbott. Sorry to wake you up, sir. My name's Punky Brewster and I'm working for my dog, Brandon. Have you seen him? Hello, Mr. Abelman. Hi, my name's Punky Brewster, and I'm looking for my dog, Brandon. Punky, who on earth are you calling at this time of night? Hello, Mr. Abernathy, please don't hang up. I'm looking for my... Boy, these A people are rude. Punky, that's not the way to find Brandon. Get off that frog. I was just kidding myself when I said that Brian might be at the drive-in. Scared he might really be lost. Well, that's possible. If he's out there alone, scared, hungry, cold. Well, now, Brandon's a very smart dog. He can take care of himself. In fact, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if tomorrow morning he was scratching at the door. 
If he is, I'm gonna hug him and kiss him, and then I'm gonna kill him. We're beginning to understand what it's like to be a parent. What if he's not back tomorrow morning? Then what? Well, one of our options is to check with the animal shelter. Maybe he hitched a ride there. Yeah, I bet he's there right now. Come on, oh, let's whoa, go. Whoa. Hold it. The animal shelter is long closed for the evening. We'll call him tomorrow morning, right now. I'd like you to get some sleep. I don't think I can. Well, at least try, okay? Okay. Oh, and Henry? Yes? When you show Brandon's push light, I want to keep it burning until he gets home. I certainly will. Thanks, Henry. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Hello, God. Sorry to call so late, but I need your help. Brandon's lost. Please, please bring him back to me. Thank you. Hello, Buddha. <laughs> Sorry to call so late. I love the rotary phone. That is so funny. The dial tone. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> or I'm sorry, is that touch tone phone, maybe? So then uh, the Abbott guy hangs up. She calls Mr. Abelman, who hangs up. And then she tries someone else and tries to talk really, really fast. So Henry comes in and he's like, Punky, who are you calling at this time of night? And we hear Punky calling to Mr. Abernathy and she's like, So he tells her, it's like, hey, that is not the way to find Brandon. And get off that frog, as in get off that phone that's shaped like a frog. So Henry takes a phone book from her and that's when Punky admits, you know, I was just joking about him being at the drive-in. You know, I'm really worried that he, he might be lost. It's like, well, Chicago's a big city and you know, I'm worried for him too. I mean, we all know how this, we've seen the episode, we know how this goes. But right now Punky is, and she, she has no idea where her dog is or why he hasn't come home. Punky Maybe he can't come home. Maybe he wants to come home, but maybe he's being held against his will. You know, she just worries, you know, that he's scared, he's alone, he's hungry, he's cold. But Henry is like, Henry tells Punky, it's like, you know, Brandon is a very smart dog. I mean, come on, Punky, he's a golden retriever. They're very smart dogs. You know, he he tells her, you know, he'll, he can take care of himself. And I bet you anything, tomorrow morning he's going to be scratching at the front door. I love how she says, if he is, I'm going to hug him and kiss him and then I'm going to kill him. And then Henry's like, well, great, you know, you are uh, learning what it means to be a parent. So, of course, Punky does ask the question, what if he's not back by tomorrow? And that's where Henry says, you know what? Well, then we're going to check the animal shelter. He could have hitched a ride there. Someone could have picked him up because he didn't have his tags on. Of course, Punky is like, oh, all right, I'm going to call right. Sweetie, they're closed, okay? The animal shelter is not open right now at 10 o'clock at night. They are closed. You can wait until they open in the morning. So Henry, of course, he's like, sweetie, you got to try to get some sleep. But she's like, I really don't think I can. But Henry tells her, you know, at least, at least try. At least try. 
Yeah, the last thing Brandon needs is for you to be completely exhausted from lack of sleep, Punky. He wants you to be fully rested. So, Punky asks if Henry can have Brandon's little nightlight on his doghouse burning until he gets home. I love how I see the little, uh, could that be Dorinda May? No, I don't think that's her. It's just a Cabbage Patch doll in a space uh, spacesuit outfit. And I guess there's a photo in the back of the doghouse of some type of a poodle. Maybe it could be Brandon's girlfriend. So, Henry leaves, and this is where Punky starts to pray. She prays to God, and she just asks him to please bring Brandon home. Guys, I love that they are... You know, allowing Punky to be able to pray to God and everything like that. And then she also prays to the Buddha as well. It's like, eh, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. She needs all the help she can get. So, guess what, guys? We find out where Brandon is and why he's not able to go home. Because some boy found him at a uh, basketball court somewhere. And he's got him holed up in his room, of course. And apparently Brandon is a little airbutt dog here as uh, the kid is kind of playing uh, basketball with him. Brandon's got a ball in his mouth. The kid's got a bas- little mini basketball hoop that you can put on a door, but he's got it just above his headboard. And Brandon jumps on the bed with a ball in the mouth, drops it in the hoop, and the kid's like, Oh my gosh, that's incredible! Alright, so something about this boy here, Joey. He's played by Carl Steven. Oh, he was in different strokes. Hey, there's Danny Cooksey. Okay, anyway. Carl Steven. Um, R.I.P. for him. He passed away in 2011. That's sad. Uh, I remember him not only from this episode, but he was also in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He played... Oh, he was also in uh, Mr. Belvedere. Okay, he played some boy named Tommy in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with the whole thing with the lawnmower. If you've seen the movie, you know at the end, the kid is someone that Nick, uh, Rick Moranis' son Nick knows, sets him up like, hey, you can go and mow my lawn. But the kid's like, well, I can't do it right now. I gotta meet so-and-so. Can I come back? Nick's like, eh, fine, whatever. So, of course, this is the crux of the movie. Kid comes back with the remote control in hand because that's how the lawnmower is done with the remote control. So that kid's from that. But I bet anything, I bet he might have even been in an episode of Wonder Years. Oh, oh, he's in three episodes. He, His character in this is Joey Deaton. And he also appears in... Um... Buffalo and beer, beers and buffaloes don't mix or whatever the heck that is. It's the same character. Oh, okay. So it looks like he played, I don't know, it says Guy, so I don't know if he plays a character in an episode of Wonder Years as someone named Guy or whether he's just a random guy. He might just be a random guy. But speaking of the Wonder Years, guys, guess what? This episode of Punky Brewster, and of course part two, has someone you guys all know as Kevin Arnold's mother from the Wonder Years, Allie Mills. Yes. (laughs) But actually, this episode was done in 87. Wonder Years didn't start until 
air until January of 88. So she probably even could have filmed the Wonder Years, the pilot of the Wonder Years by now. Or by that point. Um, Because that was December of 80. Is it December? Let me double check. Let me double check. I'm sorry. Where is it at here? December 8th. Wonder Years would have started January 31st of night or I'm sorry, this was December 1987. Wonder Years aired January 31st, 1988. So it's very possible she could have already done the pilot for the Wonder Years. But, yep. And Joey praises the dog. Like, oh, you're such a great dog. Brandon barks happily. That's when the parents are like, oh, hey, Joey. And Joey's like, oh, my God, quick, go in the closet. And his parents come in. So I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. You win. You know you're a great dog. Shh. Joey? Quick, into the closet. Come on, come on, come on. Joey. Joey. What? Huh? Who's that? What was that noise, son? What noise? It sounded like a dog bark. Oh, that must have been me. I was having a terrible nightmare. An evil magician turned me into a dog. First, I was hunting for ducks. (laughs) (laughs) Then all of a sudden, I found myself on the David Letterman show, trying to do a stupid pet trick. They had me barking the Star Spangled Banner. Ruff, 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 ruff. Joe. Yeah? Where's the dog? In the closet. <laughs> Joey, what is this dog doing in your bedroom? Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> Start explaining, son. Okay. I was shooting hoops this afternoon at the park. I go for a jumper, and out of nowhere, out comes this paw blocking my shot. Whoa, a Larry Bird dog. <laughs> Larry Bird, Celtics, tall guy. Then what happens, son? Me and the dog got along great together. He didn't have any tags, so I brought him home. Can I keep him, please? Well, it's okay by me, but... Michael! What? Now, you know Joey's not going to take proper care of him. Sure, he will. He probably has fleas. Nah, Joe's a clean kid. (laughs) A little humor. Very little. Come on, Donna, this is a great dog. Even wears the same aftershave I do. And what about the food bill? He's going to eat us out of house and home. Look on the bright side. We'll finally have someone willing to eat your meatloaf. (laughs) Come on, honey. Every boy needs a dog. I think it's in the Bill of Rights. Well, uh... you can keep him. Yeah! Did you hear that, boy? You belong to me now. So right before his parents walk in, Joey jumps on his bed, throws some magazine called Big Wheels, Old Iron, it's basically monster trucks, over his face. 
as his parents walk in. So he's trying to pretend that he's asleep. So right away, they're up like, okay, what was that noise? He, and Joey feigns innocence. Like, what, what noise? I don't know what you're talking about. And of course, his mom is like, it sounded like a dog barking. And that's where Joey's like, oh, that was me. I was dreaming I was a dog doing stupid pet tricks on some The Tonight Show or something. Or So this kid is really quick on his feet with the story. He's like, an evil ma- I dreamed an evil ma- magician turned me into a dog and then I was hunting for ducks. And then he even goes and does a dog stance where he's lifting his leg, he's got his arm out... Like a pointing dog. A hunting dog. Oh, okay. So we give kudos here to David Letterman. Because the kid's like, then all of a sudden in the dream, I'm on David Letterman doing stupid pet trick. They had, he says they had me barking the Star Spangled Banner. Like, I'm sure they didn't. His dad is like, uh, kid, son, where's the dog? And Joey's like, closet. And of course, that's when Brandon comes out with the little American flag in his mouth. So Brandon comes up, sits on the stool with this American, little American flag in his mouth, and his mother's like, what is this dog doing here? And Joey's like, just salutes, like, uh, let me guess, the Pledge of Allegiance. Like, kid, no, 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 you might get the cute face and all that, but they ain't buying it. So he tells them, because his dad's not buying it, it's like, alright buddy, start telling me the truth now. Where did this dog come from? And then the kid's like, oh, I was shooting hoops down at this park in Chicago? That nine-year-old boy or ten-year-old boy is shooting hoops by himself in a Chicago park. And he comes back in one piece. I, uh, maybe, this is 1987. So, I mean, maybe, fine. 2018, not fine. No, he would not be going to that park by himself. So he basically says, hey, I was there, bouncing the ball, all of a sudden a dog came in, blocked my shot, that I was going to try and make, shoot a hoop. Wow, is this Air Bud or what? <laughs> Another basketball playing dog. And his dad makes a Larry Bird joke. Hey, Larry Bird dog. Like, <laughs> Yeah, funny guy, real funny. This lady here, she plays Donna, Joey's mom, and her husband's name is Michael. And what, he's just trying to say, Larry Bird plays for the Celtics, I guess, back in 87. And Donna's looking at him like, I don't care who this guy is, who he is, the team he plays for. I just want to know why this dog is in my house. And they're in an apartment building. This isn't a house. So I'm pretty sure whether or not the place has a pet ordinance. So his dad just turns to him like, alright, continue on with the story. And the kid's like, well, he didn't have any tags, so I brought him home. Can I keep him? And the dad is like, fine with it. It's like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Did none of this run through your mind that maybe that dog belongs to someone? You don't automatically say, hey, sure you can keep this dog you found. No! You go through the proper channels to make sure the dog doesn't already have an owner. Just as he doesn't have his tags on him doesn't mean that he's been abandoned. And while we're at it, how about taking that shirt off that dang lamp? That way you don't burn the dang apartment building down, child. So when the dad said, okay, it's fine by me, but he's 
angling his head like, you know, confirmed with the wife. But then, of course, Donna doesn't see that. She's like, um, dear, come over here so we can have a conversation. First of all, you know Joey's not going to take care of this dog. Not to mention he's going to eat us out of house and home. And of course, Michael, the father, has got to make some crack about, hey, finally we'll have someone who will eat your meatloaf. Oh, this is funny. She says, well, the dog's probably got fleas. Or no, she says, he's probably got fleas. And then the dad's like, no, Joe's a clean kid. She meant the dog. Oh, I love how she's got, like, her hair kind of pulled back and kind of, like, braided down the back. That's, I like that. That's really cool. It's definitely not a 1970s Norma Arnold hairdo. So it's like, come on, honey, it's a great dog. He goes over, pats Brandon on the back, gives him a quick sniff, realizes, hey, this dog wears the same aftershave I do. <laughs> this guy knows how to joke around with the wife and get her to smile. I think that's funny. And, um, what was I going to say? Um, you know, I don't have a dog yet, but I've heard prices on dog food. It's very expensive now. I don't know how much it was in the 80s, but, um, uh, he just, he's this guy, this guy. The dad's a jokester. The mom is trying to be serious and stuff. But even she is kind of breaking. Like, alright, yeah, you can keep the dog. Like, come on, seriously? The moment the kid's like, yay, you hear that, boy? You belong to me now. Brandon has the saddest face I think a dog has ever had after being taken away from his owner. Well, he wasn't really taken away, but now it seems like he's gonna... And now we jump back to poor Punky in her bed, crying, just looking at Brandon's tags. Like, Brandon, buddy, where are you? So they got, uh, in the next scene, we got the posters for Brandon. One says, Lost Brandon Brewster. It's got a really pretty uh, color picture. The other one's really black and white. It says, Brown eyes, reddish blonde hair, loving smile. Call 555-1566. So, uh, everyone's kind of getting the stuff together for Brandon's reward pictures, posters. Oh, one of them even says, please help find Brandon Brewster. So, all the, the posters are all different. We got Cherry kind of, um, drawing up the next one. And Punky's on the phone with a newspaper just trying to get an ad out, you know, for... Lost and found ad for for Brandon. And then, of course, the reward. (laughs) Punky does get a little... uh, The reward is a bit much. So I want to play this clip because Punky's like, Hey, the newspaper guy wants to know the reward. And she says, Is $8,000 enough? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, That's a lot of money there, sweetie. Uh, uh, (laughs) And I understand when Henry's eyes bug out of his head. So I'm going to play that clip. I'll be right back. Tomorrow will be great. Hold on. 
Henry, the paper man needs to know how much reward we're offering. Reward? Uh... Is $8,000 enough? I think it's best to leave it to their imagination. After all, Brandon is priceless. Right. Hello, sir? Just say reward. That way we can go over $8,000. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Henry, you must be hungry. I noticed you were eating a poster. Well, I am feeling a little shaky. I'll go and whip us up something to eat. Oh, and Henry, thanks for making these pictures. I know how expensive they are. Hey, you know how I feel about Brandon? He's family. So, Henry pretty much tells Punky, like, I think it's best to just leave it to their imagination because, you know, Brandon's priceless. So, Punky just tells the guy on the line, like, hey, just put reward that way if we want we can go over $8,000 like okay and Henry's like biting his fist or biting something like ah no he's biting the reward poster okay so when Punky gets off the phone she looks at Henry's like wow Henry you must be hungry I noticed you were eating a poster so Henry says you're not gonna go whip I'm feeling a little shaky I'm gonna go whip us up something to eat and Punky does say, you know, thank you. I know that the pictures were a lot of money. Thank you for helping out with the reward posters. And Henry's like, you know me. Anything for Brandon. He's family after all. And this kind of sets Cherry drops the marker that she's working with on the poster. And she sits down as this is sinking and it's like... She's still feeling very guilty about this being her fault... And, and the emotional turmoil that she's caused on this family for leaving the door open. My heart is breaking for Cherry here. It's like she is really, like I said, she's feeling guilty. I just want to give her a hug. Oh, sweetie, it's going to be okay. So Punky kind of just goes over stuff that she's doing. Putting an ad in the paper, hanging up posters in stores and stuff like that. And then they're going to go to the mall and put flyers on people's windshields. So I'm going to play this clip. Uh, it was uh, Punky sits on the couch and Cherry just automatically, she's like, wow, Brandon's been gone a long time. And Punky's like, yeah, it's been three days. Three days! That dog has been, Brandon has been holed up in that kid's room. Was probably He's never let him out. So he can't get home. He doesn't know how to open doors. So I'm going to play this clip and... You know, Punky is just like, Cherry, it's not your fault. It's a, it was an accident. It was a mistake. So I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. This is some great acting from Cherry Johnson, the actress. This is beautiful. But we are going to see this season. She's going to hit it out of the park with the anniversary episode. Let me tell you, this girl deserves an Emmy award for that. So I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. Okay, we're putting an ad in the paper, we're hanging up posters in all the stores, and this afternoon we're going to the mall to put flyers in people's windshields. There's got to be something else we can do. Bucky? Yeah? Brandon's been gone a long time. Three days. 
three days and six hours. Have you been able to sleep? Nope. Me neither. Trey, what's wrong? I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. It's all my fault. No, it isn't. It is. I'm the one that left the door open. Now Brandon's gone. We're gonna find him. I'm supposed to be your best friend. Best friends don't leave doors open. I'm pig dirt. Gee, the reason you left the door open is because you were all excited about Lee Stucker, but that's no excuse. I'm a selfish, slimy tree slug. <laughs> Cherry. I gotta go. Cherry, I'm really, really sorry. I know that's not enough, but I'm really, really sorry. Cherry? I have to hand these out, Grandma. So Cherry clarifies, it's actually been three days and six hours. And asks Punky, have you been able to sleep? And Punky says, no. And Cherry says, me neither. And that's when she kind of turns away from Punky. Is like She is, does not want to... Oh my gosh, this girl. It breaks my heart seeing her like this and this guilt that she's feeling over Brandon being gone. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to cry. Cherry, you're breaking my heart. You know, she's just telling Punky, it's like, it's my fault. I left the door open. And now Brandon's gone. And Punky is like, she understands. Cherry, it's not your fault. It was an accident. It was a mistake. You were really excited about that guy. And Cherry is like, that's no excuse. Oh my gosh. She just keeps saying, you know, I'm really, really sorry. And then she's, um... Heads to the door, she's like, I gotta hand out these flyers. And that's when, um, Miss, uh, Betty comes in, her grandma comes in, and she's like, Cherry, are you, and Cherry's like out there just like, I, I gotta go, I, I have to hand out these flyers. She's like, she does not want to talk. It's like, her guilt is driving her, that determination to be able to find Brandon and fix this mistake that she made. I got, I just... When Cherry says, I'm supposed to be your best friend, and best friends don't leave doors open. Oh my goodness. This has nothing to do with that. Oh my goodness gracious sake. Oh. I feel for her. I feel for her. I feel for Punky. But Cherry is really beating herself up over this. So, Cherry and, or, um, Punky and Mrs. Johnson just kind of, uh, sit down and just kind of hash out, like, what's going on with Punky, because Punky's not eating, she's not sleeping well, and Betty is really, really concerned for her health. So, I'm going to play that clip, and I'll be right back. What's wrong with Cherry? She thinks it's her fault that Brandon's lost because she left the door open. Well, she didn't do it on purpose. It was an accident. I know I told her that, but it didn't help. I hate to see Cherry upset, but I'm so worried about Brandon that there's not enough room to worry about Cherry, too. Does that make me a mean person? No, honey. 
That makes you a normal person. But I am getting a little worried about you girls. You are? Mm-hmm. Now, I know you love Brandon, but he's a pet. And people with pets have to face the fact that they can get lost. I know, but he's not just a pet. He's more important than that to me. He's all I have from... before. Before what? Before my mom left me. Everyone I've ever loved has left me. Punky, we all love you, and none of us are going anywhere. Thanks. But I'd sure feel a lot better if you all started carrying beepers. <laughs> Can we take a one-minute hug break? Sure. <laughs> so, when Betty comes in, actually, they are mostly really talking in the beginning about what's going on with Cherry. Because Cherry just busts out of the apartment and Betty's in the hallways like, Cherry, are you okay? And Cherry's like, I gotta, I gotta deliver these. She can't eat. She's about ready to burst into tears again. And then Betty just comes and is like, what's going on with Cherry? And Punky's like, she feels guilty because she left the door open and Brandon got out. And then, of course, Betty's like, you know, it wasn't her fault. It was an accident. And Punky's like, I know. I tried to tell her that, but she just is not listening. Now, Punky sits down and she said, you know, it's a, she does not like seeing Cherry upset like this. But then again, she's also really worried about Brandon. And it's like, I'm so busy worrying about Brandon that it's hard to also worry about Cherry. And she does feel, she feels guilty. Like, am I wrong? Am I a bad person to be more worried about the whereabouts of my dog versus my friend's feelings and guilt over leaving the door open? So Betty says, no, no, that doesn't make you a mean person. That makes you normal. But she does sit down next to Punky says, you know, but I am getting worried about you girls. And Punky's like, really? You are? And then that's when Betty's like, you know, I know you love Brandon, but he's a pet. You know, and sometimes, you know, people need to realize that things happen to pets. You know, they get lost. They get, but then, you know, Punky is like, Brandon's not just a pet to me. Brandon's all I have left from before. And Betty's like, before what? And Punky says, he's basically all, he's all I have left of my mom. Of the time I had with her. You know, Brandon's been with her through it all. Through her abandonment with her mother. I mean, in the pilot episode, Brandon couldn't have been more than at least 10 weeks old. So she must have just gotten him recently. So was that the thing? Get your daughter a puppy and then drop them both off at the supermarket or where a shopping mall and just leave them? Like, oh, she's got a puppy. She, the puppy will watch her and take care of her. Like, well, they looked out for each other. I mean, Punky made sure that Brandon had food. And all that stuff. But at least when she got with Henry, Henry was saying, okay, we need to 
we need to take the dog to the vet and make sure he's got his shots and everything. Because walking on the street and everything, Brandon could have gotten parvo. He could have gotten any type of illness and died. But he's strong like Punky. Punky, they're both, they're survivors. And P- Brandon's going to survive this. He's going to get back to Punky. I know it. I, and I've seen this episode, so I know what happens. You know, Punky kind of turns away from Mrs. Johnson. And the thing is, Cherry does the same thing. It's almost like they have to turn away from the person to muster that emotion and and everything like that. And then Punky says, everyone who I've ever loved has left me. But Betty says, sweetie, we all love you and we are not going anywhere. It's like Punky... The people in your past have left, but the people now that are present in your life, they're not going anywhere. They love you. You know, I mean, she can't, she's got this baggage, just chip on her shoulder that she's never, ever really going to get rid of. It's always going to be there, regardless of whether it's buried down deep, it's always going to be there. And she's always going to, her mind's always going to go there. But I like how Betty is just strong and affirming and, sweetie, we all love you and we're not going anywhere. It's like, you have us now. We're your family. So Punky turns around to face Betty and is like, thanks. I just wish, you know, I'd feel a lot better if you all went around carrying beepers. Oh, the beepers, right? 80s and 90s. Yep. Of course, nowadays you probably, I'd feel better if you were all carrying cell phones, which didn't really wasn't mainstream yet but Betty is like you know what how about this how about we take a hug break we need a hug break and they hug and it's really sweet so now we move back to Joey's apartment with Brandon and Brandon is like the most depressed dog you have ever seen in your life he's not eating which is understandable because he wants to get out of there and get home it's almost like he's a prisoner at this point forced against his will to stay in this bedroom Because if he had gotten outside, he would have booked it back to Punky and Henry. There's no question. So Joey has this big metal spoon in the dish. Like, here you go, boy. Come on, you gotta eat. And he has a whole airplane with a, here you go. And Brandon's like, please don't. Get that away. I'm not hungry and I'm not eating for you. And of course... Joey's dad kind of sees this from the doorway. He's like, hey, what's going on? But he's called, the kid, Joey's calling Brandon dude. Come up with something better, please. Anything better than dude. That is not a name. That is not a name. (laughs) So, of course, Joey's dad, like, hey, he starts saying, hey, there's a female dog that's one get with you, but you gotta eat because you're gonna need your strength and blah blah blah. So I'm gonna play the clip. I'll be right back. Oh, come on, dude. You gotta eat. Here comes the airplane heading for the hangar. (laughs) Come on. You need food, dude. Dude? Dude. Nice. Got a ring to it. So he's still not eating, huh? No. Huh. Think he could be sick? No, the vet says he's in great shape. <laughs> Listen up, dude. 
like you got a child down guy because like there's this hot looking Airedale down the block. I mean, I'm talking hubba hubba, dude. And like she's panting about you. I mean, like cowabunga, dude. So take it from me, pal. You are gonna need your strength. Well struck out there. What else you got? Zip. Look, if we leave his food here, he'll leave when he's hungry. Right now, I want you to hit the sack. Dad, I'm worried about you. Ah, he's fine. He just needs a time to get used to us. Are you sure that's all it is? Absolutely positive. Night, champ. Night, Dad. Airedale. <laughs> Hey, almost forgot the good news. My boss okayed the transfer to California. A week from now, we'll be bagging rays and hanging ten. All right, that is good news. Sleep tight. Did you hear that, dude? California, here we come. So Joey asks if he thinks Dad thinks the dog might be sick, and I guess the, they took him to a vet. The vet said he's in the great shape. Did the vet suggest maybe since this dog came to you that maybe you should see if the dog already has a home and is just missing? That would be another thing. So the dad, of course, is like, hey, there's an Airedale down the street and wants to get with you, you're gonna need your strength, makes a sex joke. <laughs> Believe me, you're gonna need your strength. Like, come on, it's a kid show. Come on, you don't gotta put in some perverted dog sex joke in there, okay? So, basically, the dad says, hey, you need to get to bed. And then Joey's like, but I'm worried about dude. I hate that name. Um... And the dad's like, you need to worry about you right now. Dog is going to be fine. And then as the dad turns the light out, he's like, hey, boss just okayed the transfer to go to California. And I guess in a week they're going to be leaving to go to California. That, <laughs> all week? They got a week's notice to get all their stuff to go to California. Really? For how long? I guess they're going to be moving there. Ugh. Of course, Joey's excited. He's like, heck yeah, going to California. We're going to California, dude. <laughs> Gee, if that didn't make... If, if Brandon being holed up in this room wasn't depressing enough, now the idea of going across the U.S. to California from Chicago? Oh my gosh. So now it goes from Joey's bedroom to Punky's bedroom, and she's kind of hanging in her window and just really upset, just crying, just like, Brandon, where are you? Why haven't you come home? Oh, Punky, he's trying. He wants to come home to you so badly, but that boy won't let him out of his room. He is basically a hostage at this point. Alright, now I'm going to play this clip of Punky. Guys, it's really sad. And we see Brandon kind of looking out the window, thinking of Punky. And then we see this to-be-continued sign come up. So I'll play that clip. I'll be right back. Thank you. 
was the end of the episode. I hope you liked it. Time for my Brandon episode tail wag rating. I am going to give this episode... I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. And, uh, see, the first one, of course, is going to be with the whole, um, opening scene with them kind of, the after effects of giving Brandon, Brandon a bath and everything, and just Margot being a goober with the whole, like, brushing and then backing away and brushing and then backing away like she's freaked out to touch him. Um, and then, of course, with Punky... Pulling the girls and Henry and Betty to go look for him. Then with the reward. And everything like that. Um, let's see. I loved also Punky calling in the phone book. Calling random people in the middle of the night trying to find Brandon. And of course I knocked one off because Joey... And his parents. His parents didn't even think to say, hey, this dog probably belongs to somebody. They just said right away, you can keep him. And just the fact that Brandon clearly has not been out of this room. Because if he was out of the apartment, he would have took off. He would have just left. Um... As far as for Punky's principles, um, I'm happy now that there are things like microchipping and there are ways, you know, uh, Facebook groups, stuff like that, lost and found. You can put your pet's picture up on that and just so many ways to be able to find. There was actually something on Facebook, can't remember where it was, but a dog that had been missing for, I think, 10 years finally found its family. So pets, some lost pets do come back. Not all of them stay lost. You know, I, I I understand where, you know, Betty was like, you know, Brandon's a pet. But we all don't, you know, there are some that, like, yes, a pet is a pet. There are some people that probably think that. Animal lovers, pet lovers, these pets just aren't a pet. They are our family. They're our, they are our fur kids. You know, this is a generation where people, like, we take in an animal... We raise it from the time that they are a baby to they are an adult. They are with us for at least a decade or more. And we don't only grow attached to them. They are a part of our lives and a part of our family. So, Betty... I'm not knocking what she said. I think she's just trying to get through to Punky that you're worrying about him. I understand it, but it's not healthy to be constantly worrying and not eating and not sleeping. So, I think she was just trying, you know, to get door on that level but that being said guys let's say a let's do the youtube comments first i'll be right back so we do have of course someone saying hey that's kevin arnold's mom from the wonder years we have um i love punky i love the 80s and i love her frog phone <laughs> i like someone pointed that out another person said who wouldn't want to adopt punky Another person said, I love this show. I wish they would bring it back on TV. You know, guys, with all the revivals and reboots going on, I would, I hope, guys, let's get a petition. Let's do something to see if we can get Punky Brewster back on the air. Wouldn't that be awesome? Um, let's see. Ah, the wonderful days of phone books, right? Oh, who, who here remembers the phone books? Uh, I do. 
All right, let's jump on for uh, ways to connect to the podcast. We got Facebook, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Instagram, Punky PB Podcast. Twitter, Punky PB Podcast. We also have new listeners. Actually, I want before I get into the listeners, we have a brand new um, like on the Facebook page for Punky Brewster. Let me go to it. Kimberly Gale Beller, B-E-L-L-E-R. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you so, so much for liking the podcast page. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are listening to it, welcome, welcome. And... All right, let's get on with the listeners. We have Tokyo, Japan, Ashburn, Virginia, Chino, California, Clarksburg, West Virginia, Newport Beach, California, South Carolina, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, sorry guys, Centerville, Maryland, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, France, Queenstown, Maryland, Bakersfield, California, Inglewood, California, Austin, Texas, Muskegon, Michigan, Morristown, Tennessee, Sidmouth, United Kingdom, Owasso, Oklahoma, Bethany, Oklahoma, Cupertino, California, Bangkok, Thailand, Brazil, St. Paul, Minnesota, Washington, Utah, College Park, Maryland, Los Angeles, California, West Bloomfield, Michigan, Uganda, U-G-A-N-D, I think that's Uganda, Woodland Hills, California, Thailand, Kansas City, Missouri, New Jersey, California, Wilmington, Delaware. Um, sorry, guys. All right, let's get into next Sunday's episode. Let me look this up here. It's currently ten fifteen at night, and I'm still stuffed from my breakfast dinner, which was. Pancakes, which I had like one and a half of those. Um, egg, scrambled eggs with cheese and bits of ham, and then three and a half pieces of bacon. Jeremy, of course, blames the fact that I was eating a little bit while I was pa- podcasting earlier and ruined my dinner. So, okay, <laughs> here we go. Season three, episode seven Open Door, Broken Heart. Part 2, which aired on December 9th, 1987. The boy who finds Brandon refuses to give him up, even when his parents tell him that they're moving to California. What does that have to do with anything? He already learned that he's moving to California this week. They didn't say anything about giving the dog up. So, I mean, that comes in next episode, guys. We know this. Um, also, Valentine's Day is coming up on Wednesday, and if you guys remember, probably sometime around this time last year, I had done the My Aged Valentine's, My Aged Valentine episode, where Punky imagines herself and Henry and Brandon and her friends all as old people in her dream, and she's very, very old. And just, she ends up seeing herself as old and alone. Mm. So I'm going to post that on Instagram. Remind you guys, if you guys want to go back and 
through the episodes and listen to that for Valentine's Day. You are more than welcome to. Other than that, I hope you all have a wonderful week. And just like I said, guys, we are in the second week of February. We got... Well, if you don't count this week and just count next week and then the four days after that, we will be almost done with February. We've got to think positive, guys. Positive. It's almost March. Feel it in your heart. It's almost March. Hey, that kind of rhymes. Okay, guys. <laughs> I'll be back next Sunday with Open Door, Broken Heart, Part 2. Have a good night. Bye-bye.